coffee, the drink that has ruined the world. Believed to have first originated in Ethiopia or Yemen, that's still up for debate, back in the 17th century is a plant and drink nowadays used as a stimulant in the morning amongst people in modern society, and it is beyond obnoxious. And today I'm going to rant, complain, and moan about coffee, and later drop some facts on why coffee sucks. So, hello everybody, I am back, not by popular demand, but because I wanted to be back, and welcome to another ferocious episode of the Marxism Podcast, and you guessed it, my podcast, my isms, my rants, my ideas, but the world stories. But today's episode isn't really a world story. Now, many of my friends and family drink coffee, but that still won't deter me from stating my point of view on the beverage, and you've probably guessed from the title of this episode that you're probably thinking he must not be a coffee drinker, and you are right, I am not. I think it is disgusting, atrocious, and repulsive, and I'm not sure if I'm getting my point across on how I feel about coffee, but an industry that isn't actually doing the world a whole lot of good either. Personally, I think the world's relationship with coffee all went downhill from the god-awful show Friends when Jennifer Aniston and the forgettable others all hung out in the Central Perk coffee shop to talk about each other's lives in New York City, wasting time and energy about pointless things which made me question our society due to the popularity of that show. Along with coffee, never liked the show Friends either, but that's when the world's relationship with coffee went downhill. Now, with more and more gentrification, coffee shops are showing up more and more, and it is a travesty feeding people's addictions. And speaking of addiction and consumption, in today's age, approximately 64% of Americans drink at least one cup of coffee a day and on average drink 2.7 cups a day, consuming roughly nine pounds of coffee a year. The U.S. also imports approximately 2.8 billion pounds of green coffee a year, making it responsible for buying 22% of the world's coffee imports. The European Union is responsible for 67% of the world's coffee imports, making the U.S. and European Union responsible for consuming 89% of the world's coffee. That's a pretty gnarly figure considering the combination of the U.S. and European Union doesn't even reach a population of a billion people. Ridiculous. Nowadays, there is at least five Starbucks three-second cups and probably a ridiculous independent hipster cafe that only roasts Salvadorian beans in like a two-kilometer radius of almost any major city you go to. And I feel like I'm being conservative making up those figures. We have become so dependent on coffee that any workplace you go to, the vast majority of people get wired on coffee in order to function and do their work, and that is more than a dependency. As I said before, it's an addiction. And you know what's even worse is when people only talk about coffee. I don't care where the bean is from, what place you went to grab coffee, doesn't matter. Who cares if it's Nicaraguan roast, Costa Rican roast, Ecuadorian roast, Colombian roast, or even a roast on Mars? It's a drink similar to others. Get over it. Now, enough of my rants. Time to get to the serious business. The coffee plant or shrub, if you don't think it's worthy enough to be called a plant, is primarily grown along the equator in Central and South America, West Africa, Central Africa, and the Horn of Africa, and in South Asia and Southeast Asia. The top five largest producers of coffee are Brazil, Vietnam, Colombia, Indonesia, and Ethiopia. 
Now, those countries I listed are emerging markets, but they're still not first world countries with many of the people in those places living in abject poverty. And this comes to my first point and probably my most actual Marxist point of the podcast, which is coffee is an extremely profitable and exploitive industry. Coffee is believed to be the second most sold commodity in the world behind oil. It is believed to be ahead of gold, natural gas, sugar, corn, and many others, which to me is very hard to believe as I would think something like wheat or soybeans would be ahead of coffee in terms of in the agricultural world. Anyways, the coffee industry is believed to be worth over $100 billion, and coffee exports are around $30 billion. And as I said before, it is a very exploitive industry as well. Coffee workers are simply exploited in the following ways. Poor housing on coffee plantations, low wages, child labor, and overall working conditions. According to dailycoffeenews.com, a website that usually talks about how great coffee is, even recognizes that it sucks. The warehouses that workers live in on plantations are basically one massive room that holds 40 to 60 farm workers and their families, providing little access to privacy, mattresses, toilets, and security. Workers often use a limited number of toilets that are available and are even going to the bathroom while working in the fields. So next time you have a Starbucks in your hand, just be thinking that coffee isn't the only thing you may be drinking and that there might be be a reason why the coffee is brown, if you know what I mean. Many workers are also believed to bathe in nearby rivers to the plantations as well. In many countries, workers on plantations do not have a signed contract to make sure they receive the right payment for their labor. This, of course, is just asking for people to become exploited and being taken advantage of. Coffee pickers can be paid as little as 2 to $3 a day in Central America. A country such as Nicaragua has a minimum wage of $6 a day, which shows that the workers are being completely ripped off. Now, this wouldn't be considered a legitimate episode on the coffee industry if I didn't talk a bit about fair trade issues. Fair trade, for starters, is not fair, and here's why. Coffee, apparently, is graded. I didn't know that before I started researching. Depending on the coffee bean quality determines the price, but not really with fair trade coffee. Now, I'm no economist, and in fact, I know very little about economics, but fair trade coffee basically sets a standardized price for all coffee beans, regardless of their quality and grade. The fair trade coffee is at a floor price of $1.40 per pound of coffee, linked to the commodity price, which is also $1.40 per pound. In order to make it a fair trade to help poor farmers in Central and South America, a premium is charged onto fair trade coffee of 20 cents, making the price $1.60 per pound. But let's say the farmer has a batch of coffee beans that are pretty damn good quality, being graded at a pretty $2 per pound. That farmer still has to sell those quality beans the fair trade price of $1.60 per pound, which isn't fair, making him potentially lose out on money and causing him to most likely sell lower quality beans. Also, many argue that the extra money paid for those fair trade coffee beans rarely gets seen by the farmers in the developing world, thus not improving the lives or infrastructure of developing nations. Fair trade has also been accused of the buyers using unethical means of getting coffee sold at a certain price through bullying or misleading the seller. 
like various industries worldwide, child labor unfortunately makes up a large part of some workforces, and coffee is no different. Children during harvest season of these plants represent a ridiculous proportion of coffee workers in the workforce. They are an easily exploited demographic, and since a lot of them don't have a voice and don't know much better, they are a source of cheap labor. Since coffee pickers are underpaid to begin with, a lot of families bring their children to work in order to make a bit more money for their families. It is believed that 30% of the coffee labor force in Kenya, for example, is under the age of 15. And lastly are the working conditions. In places where coffee grows near the equator, workers are exposed to all sorts of hazards, deadly animals like snakes and spiders, for example, and not having the right attire can lead to serious injury or death. And in these places, it is up to the workers, not the company, to provide them with rain boots, ponchos, and machetes. On top of this, one of the biggest concerns amongst the plantation workers are the pesticides. Since this work is unskilled labor, they are not given the right training on how to spray pesticides on the plants. And this is a great risk to the workers' health and can be overall hazardous since they are responsible for getting their own equipment. Coffee is also a disaster environmentally. Coffee takes up large portions of countries' land. For example, 70% of Colombia's land is taken up by coffee plantations, and 40% of Costa Rica's land is also taken up by coffee plantations, contributing to mass deforestation affecting biodiversity and ecosystems that are vital to the planet's well-being. Throughout Central America, coffee plantations take up a whopping 2.5 million acres of forest, affecting biodiversity, water pollution, and wildlife species. However, depending on the techniques used to grow coffee, comparing between shade-grown or sun-grown coffee can reduce ecosystem damage. For instance, shade-grown coffee, as you can probably guess, is grown in shade, under a canopy type of berry using trees of different heights allowing for more biodiversity, while sun-grown coffee is grown without that barrier and requires more pesticides to be sprayed, ultimately preventing the, well, spread of pests. Sun-grown coffee is also more damaging towards soil quality than shade-grown coffee beans, causing higher rates of erosion. However, while one method might be better for the environment than the other, in regards to pesticide use and soil quality, it still doesn't ignore some facts about coffee that seriously puts a strain on resources. The average cup of coffee requires 140 liters, and for the American listeners, that's 37 gallons, of water to be produced from coffee seed to cup, and this figure is even higher for coffee produced on sun-grown plantations. That is absolutely insane, in the membrane. Another environmental factor that the production of coffee leads to is waste. Over a six-month period in 1998, it was estimated that 547,000 tons of coffee that was produced in Central America and led to 1.1 tons of pulp, polluting 110,000 cubic meters of water every day, which is insane, especially since there are reports saying that many of the workers bathe in nearby rivers that are polluted. And the thing that pisses me off the most about coffee is the fact that it's not even nutritious. Many of the fellow Marxists of the show don't know this, but I'm a bit obsessed with health, fitness, and nutrition, and may be talking more about this as episodes start to pile up. But yes, 
coffee is not nutritious. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't certain benefits to drinking coffee as it can wake you up, make you more alert, and studies have shown that it can increase productivity for short durations, but in fact the opposite over long periods of work due to causing your cells to become insulin resistant, causing people to have basically crashes. Furthermore, coffee also increases your blood pressure. Now back to the nutrition component, coffee contains next to no nutrients, no iron, no vitamin A, no vitamin C, no vitamin D, and almost no B vitamins. The B vitamins coffee does contain are vitamin B2 and B5 for those who are curious. Coffee does contain, however, small amounts of calcium, magnesium, and potassium, but not significant amounts, making it not that nutritious whatsoever, and it is not recommended for people who have high cholesterol, who are pregnant, or for children. It's also a diuretic, which makes you dehydrated. And from that public service announcement, coffee does contain certain benefits that I said before, like alertness and mood, but other than that, it is not a nutrient-dense drink that puts a dent into your RDIs. Unfortunately, I am not done ranting, so before I go, I will also say that this epidemic, and I am calling it an epidemic, is probably going to get worse. While the US and Europe consumes the most coffee in the world by a landslide, other countries with growing economies are going to do the same thing too. Consume more coffee, and this is going to put a strain on resources, the environment, and of course exploit more people and workers. Russia and China, for instance, are a couple of these places. China's consumption of coffee has tripled in the last four years. While that figure is quite substantial, China still only consumes 2% of the world's coffee, and their drink of choice for the most part is tea. Although Starbucks already has 2,000 stores in the most populous nation, a thousand of those stores are apparently in Shanghai, making it one of the most highly dense places in the world for Starbucks. And apparently Dunkin' Donuts plans on opening 1,400 stores in China over the next 20 years. Much of China's younger, liberal, American, lifestyle-leaning generation is expected to grow up in a China with more coffee shops than previous generations, which will make them lean towards drinking more coffee. China's coffee consumption is expected to grow 20% each year, and it's believed that women under 30 in China are responsible for that major shift. China's young people are apparently shifting away from buying materialistic things compared to the generation before and instead want to buy experiences, and coffee culture and coffee shops are a part of those experiences. And as for Russia, I know what you're thinking. Don't they drink vodka? And yes, they do. Their coffee consumption is nowhere near to their vodka consumption. And if you want to know more about Russia's drink of choice, you can check out an older episode of the Marxism podcast called Lenin Russia Drink is Putin Them Down. The puns are on point on that one. But back to Russia's coffee consumption. Russia's coffee sales have gone from $750 million from 2001 to $2.5 billion in 2011. In 2016, former President Dmitry Medvedev declared the Americano as a drink that was unpatriotic and not politically correct, and instead created something called the Russiano. And I'm not making that up. Seriously, go look it up. And while many people saw it as a joke in Russia, many cafes and restaurants actually changed their menus to the, from the Americano to the Russiano. 
If that's not evidence that Western culture has established itself in Russia, man, oh man, there is going to be a growing hipster scene in major cities in that country, which is kind of sad. As U.S. coffee shops began spreading across Europe, Russian copycat coffee shops began to spring up. You know what also partially is responsible for that? That stupid show Friends that I mentioned before. Apparently it's quite popular in Russia, and many of Russian coffee shop chains have similar designs to Central Perk. These coffee chains include Kafema and one even called Double B. And to me, that could easily be confused with a bra size. Double B has also spread in various cities, including Barcelona, Prague, and Dubai. And while these countries are developing a hankering for coffee, particularly in China with its population, is going to put an incredible strain on land resources and environment and labor, as I mentioned before, while getting next to no nutritional value to me is almost pointless, which is why coffee sucks. Anyways, on that negative note, while I'm still rolling, and before I forget, I would like to give a thanks to my friend Taylor Brocklesby from Brocklesby Sound for helping me out with my sound issue. He is an audio wizard, so if you ever need help with anything audio-related, I recommend giving him a shout. I'm sure he would be happy to help out. I'm also sure he's probably happy that I'm mentioning him on this scattered episode, speaking ill about coffee. Yeah... I know a few people had mentioned the sound issues to me about the Israel episode, and I do apologize for that. I don't like letting my fellow Marxists down. So in the meantime, if you want to join the movement slash cult slash revolution that is the Marxism podcast and lifestyle, you just need to pledge allegiance to me. And you know how you do that? Follow, share, comment, rate, like, subscribe, write a review even, and do all that stuff which takes only a few seconds. They would all be appreciated. Only if they're good. In the meantime, I hope my message has deterred some people to join the revolution and refraining from drinking coffee. And in the meantime, I am out of here.